living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. This is not just a game. This here is my life. The camera's on me, yeah, yeah. Put the camera's on me, yeah, yeah. Ozone is my witness, and icon like icons. Keep your eyes on the mistress. Wait, what is this? A lot of pressure on me, but you don't know. You may not know Twizzy Twitch, but you know us, ladies and gentlemen, live in California, back from New York City. In Koreatown, it is the Brothers Miller. We are bringing you the Ozone. New York. On uninterrupted.com. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're so happy to be back on the mic. It's been a while. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without a podcast to step to. But it's all good. We're here now. How you feeling, T? You hear my brother, the icons, if you don't know him. He's Terry Miller, I'm sports analyst extraordinaire. Great. <laughs> oh, man, life I'm is good. Terry the Tiger. Terry the Tiger. Even though it's 100 degrees again in Los Angeles. Wow. I hit a C note today, and I was downtown for most of the day. Why? Why not? <laughs> Why? In the words yeah. of LeVar Ball. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot to cover. We've been away for a while, but we have been paying attention. Today, we got a full action-packed lineup, so we're going to get straight to it. We're going to cover uh, the U.S. Open, because we were just there. We had a very interesting changing of the guard that kind of went on. Um, and then we had an old head that actually just picked some things up on the men's side, a championship. We got college football started up. It's back. It's back. We got Major League Baseball, and the power rankings are absolutely shifted at this point because there's some teams that are stinking up the joint, and one of them is right here in Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say. Woo! We also have uh, the NFL, and I know everybody wants to talk about that because that's the only thing that matters. When football is in, football is on. And that's why we say ballers, fool. <laughs> if you haven't been, if you haven't been keeping up with one of our guests, Troy Garrity, who was also a star on the, the hit HBO show Ballers, please go to his Instagram page or mine. And his mother, Jane Fonda, gives us one of the funniest sound bites of all time. Just, just <laughs> go and treat yourself. Don't cheat yourself. What we want to start off with are the boxing matches from this past weekend. HBO Boxing put on a monster triple header. Of the of the light of, of the, the flyweight, yeah, of, of the lighter the, variety of the flyweight variety, mm -hmm. we had uh, we had a, a big rematch that was the main title fight for the fight that we went to on the undercard of Triple G and Danny Jacobs, which was also a monster great fight. Sure was. Uh, there was a shocker that took place between at the time the world's number one pound for pound fighter Chocolatito Roman Chocolatito uh, Gonzalez versus. Sor Skrikat Rongzai, affectionately known in these parts as the Thai homie. <laughs> the Thai homie is sick. And the Thai homie uh, wanted a rematch, even though he won the first fight. <laughs> he asked for and, it. <laughs> uh, and he, he just asked for it because he wanted to prove what happened when he trained for four months as opposed to two months. And also there was two other great fights that were there that set up the mandatory belts, uh, the mandatory, the, the next fight for the winner of that main event. Follow me on that, folks. It was in Carson, California. It was a nice night last night, and upsets were in the air. Now, what did you see go down? Let's let's well, first let's go to the three fight card. That's, a, that's because let's that's, talk about that three that three card money. That second card, that second fight wasn't that great. The middle fight, the middle fight wasn't great, and I think that's why they sandwiched it in. Yeah, they really that could have been the opening act. That should have been the opening act because that guy from Japan is so far ahead. Right, that, Inui. 
It looks in, like Inui, I think it's how you say. One thing that's beautiful now is the diversity in all of these sports. You know, they, they tie your tongue up on how you say some of the names, but it's great because people are coming from all over. There was a kid who fought in the second card from Japan who was trained by his father who had monster power and athleticism. Sure did. I mean, he was super confident, and he looked like he was about 14 years old. He looked really, really young. I know he destroyed. I mean, <laughs> punished your man who was a side teller. At his his day job is he's a teller at a bank and, and he looked like it. Uh, it did. It was unfortunate. It was unfortunate. It was the type of fight where you want to turn your head. And you're like, okay, this is enough. I don't want to see this anymore. And this is one of those situations where I actually agree with Max Kellerman and uh, and, and Jim Lampley who were there and they were saying, hey, look, man, what what more do you need to see? Right. It's bad enough. And it, you know, it is what we it were is. Accessories to a beating. Inway <laughs> beat the crap out of Antonio Nieves who actually didn't necessarily look bad. He looked like he took some body shots early that made him rethink his life's path. Right. <laughs> and, and, and it wasn't right. I mean, because he shouldn't have been in there. He was way outclassed. Disgusting. And, I mean, he almost – hopefully he didn't really get hurt bad, but he could have gotten hurt really, really bad in there. And you know what? I think the, the damage that had happened to his internal organs – what is it? Liver. What? Organ. Kidney. Kidney. Yeah, <laughs> organs start to swell up. <laughs> Yeah, and I think he got a, a great dose of that. Fabulous documentary, if you haven't seen it, called Chasing Ali. And that was our Ken Norton uh, impersonation because he talks about how you break a man down in the ring. And the way that you break him down is you go to the body. And then suddenly you start to tell the head, liver, kidney, organ, all start to swell up. <laughs> Ken Norton had a car accident, which gave him a little bit of the DOC, changed his voice up. Yeah. Uh, but prior to that, he got to face Muhammad Ali, and it changed his life. But back to Saturday night. Carlos Cuadras fought Juan Francisco Estrada in the opening card. And I have to say, that was a great fight. That was a great fight. And that was a great fight. And I put Action up all the way through. From the opening bell. Yeah. And again, one thing that I have to say throughout boxing this year, I feel like this is a resurgent year for boxing. And one of the reasons is we're seeing people go to the body. We're seeing people putting money in the bank. So you think the body is where it is nowadays? I, I mean, I, I saw some nice jabs, and I saw some body work. I stay with the jab more than the body, even though the body is a great investment. I mean, let's look at your portfolio. Uh, we, need to, we need to see if it's diverse. And if and you the have a jab. is with the jab and, and the body. And the body work. Oh, man, you have a diverse portfolio. It's nice. Throwing a left hook, you're going to heaven. <laughs> now, I think that a tricky thing that's going on, I think it has to do with the, the, the length of the fight. If you're fighting a fast guy. I think you got to go to the body. I think if you're fighting a power guy, you need to go to the body. Yes, sorry. If you're fighting a power guy, you got to go to the body because you have to. Sorry, you have to go to the body so that you can slow. Uh, you can you can those, mitigate take, those legs and yeah. take those legs away, take the power away. So it's pity pat, as we saw in the Conor McGregor Floyd Mayweather right. fight. Um, but the fast guys, you got to constantly pop that jab to keep them off you. Yes. And what we saw from Quadras, Quadras came out chunking him, but he doesn't. He gave you typical flyweight work where he's. So small that it's an accumulation of punches that then in turn is usually what does the damage. We've watched him fight before. He was actually on that card as well out mm -hmm. there, I do believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we saw him fight against Chocolatito. And, you know, Chocolatito beat him in, a, in another action-packed fight. That kid is not scared to fight Quadras. He, he no. mixes it up. And the problem was he met up with a veteran who wasn't scared to take some to give some. Yeah, and every now and then these guys had to rethink their, their fight plan because... 
it's not right for you to stand in there and think that you're going to just chunk them like that all the time. You have to have a like a game plan where, okay, well, this guy might overdo me with the jab, so I need to go to his body. But a lot of times you see these little guys, they just stand in there toe-to-toe for 12. And this is what happened to Chocolatito. Exactly. Is that he needed to th- there wasn't an adjustment made, and then there was an adjustment made in the result. Yeah. Uh, and it was t- drastic. A big, big Woo. change of it. <laughs> I mean, it's not even questionable now. No. He, he can't even beat that dude in the bathroom. He, no, he can't, he can't beat that guy anywhere they go. He can't beat him in spades, I don't think. <laughs> it's, it's all bad. But, uh, but that fight, I actually put up a tweet during the fight at about the eighth round where I said, hey, I like what, what, uh, what Estrada's doing right now. This is a great fight. Yeah. And it was interesting because the fight was close, no doubt about it. But to the layman, it may have looked like Quadras, because he was more busy, was actually winning the fight. And after he was knocked down, I think it was the 10th round that he went mm-hmm. down, to me it wasn't even in question who won that fight. Right. Now, now Jimmy Buffer gave us to Steve Harvey and botched the... the but how did uh, Michael Buffer do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, he gave, I was, this, is, this is all for the, this is all for the, the show. <laughs> because I need to give you a, a Steve Buffer. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. We're going to mix up the names on the Ozone. I am Omar Terry. <laughs> you are watching the O podcast on Uninter Zonage. So, yeah, you know, he uh, he did. Michael Buffer, he dropped the ball. but he dropped the ball. It sucked, too, because Quadris was up on his man's shoulder and everything. And the killer is, is that he fought a good fight. But he should, in his heart, in the hearts of hearts, he'd know he didn't win that fight. Come on. I would think, especially getting dropped. Right. Just, especially getting dropped. Yeah. But the thing was... We see, we've seen this. We saw this in the Mayweather-McGregor fight. We see it now. We've seen it in fights throughout the year. If you don't sit down on your punches in the sweet science, they aren't effective. No. And, and there has to be – the judges have to really be aware of the pity pat versus who's actually doling out the punishment. Right. In that second fight, uh, Inway against uh, Nieves, what we saw happen was in that second fight, you could hear those body shots hitting. And you can see him flinch and quench every time he got touched. It was hundred percent. It just looked terrible. You felt the punches. It was, it was bad. It was like, oh, they could have oh, stopped that fight after oh, three rounds. Yeah, it was too much punishment. The damage was done, and it went an extra three. And I, I just hope that that Nieves is all right. Right now, we have our, our longtime contributor, folks. We got a lot to cover, so we can get straight to the calls. Our longtime contributor is coming in because he wants to come in hot and speak about what happened last night in the fights. Hello, Ellie Sackback reporting. What's reporting. good? Ellie, we had the we had the the thriller in Carson last night. <laughs> we had the thriller in Cripzilla last night. What uh what what we we just we just covered the first fight. Let's let's go through it fight by fight. Um, I personally really liked that first fight a lot. Did you watch it? Of course. I know you watched it, brother. I just wanted to make sure keep you on your your, your p's and q's. Look, it's it's funny because Carlos Quadras was the favorite to win. Gallo, they both fought Chocolatito. I remember. A lot of people thought that Quadras did so good in the fight with Chocolatito that he beat, that he, he actually beat the guy that beat Chocolatito. But we'll get to that in a we'll second. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So yesterday was a very close fight. Uh, Estrada seemed to have pulled it off with the knockdown in the 11th. But with that said, Carlos Quadras is a volume puncher. So he threw more punches. So some people this morning are telling me, no, we had Carlos winning because of the way. Great fight. It deserves a rematch. But... It's just a great night of boxing over there, and and it, it mixed and, and matched with all these guys at this weight class right now. You can't go wrong. You just can't go wrong. 
you know what it feels like? It kind of it to me. It kind of mirrors that 147 division right now. It's packed full of talent, right. and if you put these guys up against each other, whether they do like they did before, like a Super Six kind of scenario, um, or whether you guys just keep putting up, you know, card by card, you're seeing good fights. This was three flyweight fights. Two of three were fantastic, and I think that kid Inouye is going to be good when he when he was going to be interesting to see him step up against bigger competition. But I think he's game. Biggest problem right. I can see from him is that he got hit too much by Nieves. Nieves just didn't have any pop because he'd had right. all of the, the piss and vinegar hit out of him with the you know the body shots. I was with Nieves yesterday after the fight, and he was really, really? down on himself. Yeah, back at the hotel in Carson. And his team, they, were, they really thought he was going to win. They really believed in his skills, and he just couldn't probably believe that he didn't win. But Inui is the real deal, and I think he's going to be the first Japanese pound-for-pound candidate ever, where he's going to be wow, to the point where wow. he, he will be the man because... When he was with eight fights, when he was eight and zero and eight knockouts, I already people already the rumblings at different gyms that this guy's going to be looking at. This is the guy that's going to beat Chocolatito. They were saying that maybe a year and a half ago, before it was popular to say. Before now, we'll get to that in a second. But everybody's morning Monday morning quarterback on this Sunday saying, "Oh, we saw, we knew Chocolatito was never good," all that stuff. And it's kind of annoying to me for these people who cover boxing to praise a guy, put him on a pedestal, raise him to the highest level. Only to crush him when he's down. It's it's disgusting when it happens. Ellie, welcome to America. <laughs> this is what they do. They 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 build you up, they tear you down, and then then you get a chance at redemption, and then they praise you once again. And if they're really lucky, they can get you deformed, damaged, or handicapped in some way, so they can make some stories about you afterwards. It's a really really dirty game, and I agree with you. I personally feel like Chocolatito isn't bad i don't even think that he's maybe i think he low-key he could still be in the top 10 pound for pound list one guy has his number that doesn't mean that everybody has his number obviously he has two losses and they're from the same guy they're from the same guy but but not really and i'll explain why when they had the first fight it was a ugly rugged fight that a lot of people felt that chocolatito was robbed we don't know the reason he was 48 and 0 that was 49th fight if you go back whenever they fought and look at the responses, 99% of the world said Chocolatito was robbed. No one I remember that, that, but, but, we, but were, we were at the fight. And I, I didn't feel like he was robbed. And low-key, I think you were on the Ozone the following uh, episode. Yes. And we talked about this because that guy, Srisa Ketsor Rungzvigzai, which we affectionately call him on the Ozone, the, the Thai homie. The Thai homie. The Thai homie has a steel jaw. Because Chocolatito gave him everything he had after he got knocked down. But at no point did Chocolatito hurt that man in the first fight or in this fight. He did not have him in trouble at all. And even in the first fight, you know, when he dropped him, what was it, in the first round or the second first round? First round. He never recovered. He, he never recovered. He, he, he was he, shell-shocked. He, he, he in, the, in, in like the fourth or fifth round, he started to open it up. Now, one thing that I will say, if you're going to say anything about the Thai homie, what I will say is... What, them headbutts? The headbutts were intentional at a certain point. Yes, they were. And he played it because he was the nice guy and yeah. whatnot. He played it like they were not intentional. But they were intentional at one point. And in, this is why – in the I'm talking about in the first fight. Yeah. I'm talking about in the first fight. Yeah. Of course they were. He had to win. And, and that's the, if you look at Jeff Horn when he fights Pacquiao, same thing. Oh, I didn't realize I did a headbutt. Yeah, Listen, very dirty. Great at what, 
Listen, I played basketball and I was really dirty as a player. Trust me, I can look very innocent <laughs> and look at confession. a ref. I'm sorry, I didn't realize I need him in the balls, but I knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> There's no mistakes. I was jumping up for a rebound. I knew where I'm, what I'm doing. But you look like, hell, me, I'm Dennis Rodman. You look at the guys in the NBA, Rick Mahorn back in the day. There's no, <laughs> we know who's a dirty fighter. We know who's a dirty boxer. We know some fighters know all the tricks in the book. Some are more slick about it. But it, look, one thing I will say, and I've told this to people this morning, I give Tom Lawford a lot of credit, the promoter from K2 Promotions, for taking these little guys and making this little division, like you said, exciting as 147. We're now, give credit to Chocolatito for, for making this division interesting. Because without him, I don't think we're here talking about all these guys today, this morning. They're here to stay for a while. Hundred percent. And and what we've seen is now the I would say one good thing that came out of that devastating knockout that he d- delivered last night was a problem I have with the little guys in general, and that's where this whether we're talking about forty sevens, yeah, uh, flyweights, pretty much from the middleweights down. The middleweights is where it changes. You need guys with one punch knockout power. And this is where the Manny Pacquiao's of the world, you know, capture the public uh, 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 imagination because they can punch like the big boys. And what we saw last night from the tie homie is he had that knockout drop with him. And the thing was, from the word go, he had Chocolatito. You know what it looked like? It looked like when they came out, Chocolatito was like, look. I'm going to stay with what I have always stayed with, which is an incredible amount of offense. And eventually, I'm going to wear the guy down. But that strategy didn't work in the first fight. That game plan was very flawed. Very flawed. Because even in the first fight, if you go back and watch the first fight, I was on the fence on who won that fight because Chocolatito got up and put on a clinic from, like, rounds four or five through maybe I didn't feel like that I maybe like, like five, five through nine yeah. or something like that. And, and but, honestly, I blame Chocolatito's corner because his trainer passed away before that and the new people when when the fight got so ugly they should have stopped the fight and said he can't see how many fingers stop it in two rounds no contest don't risk your 48 and no but he had rookies in his corner who said no you could do it and it cost him everything because now he lost it all now hbr are talking about we might never see him again wow. he needs to go down back to 112 and he needs to rebuild a new it's a long process well but this it's is like what a, we were talking mm-hmm. about and when we went to the fight and we got on the ozone afterwards what we said was it seemed like Chocolatito should have stayed in his lower weight class where he was most dominant because there was no answer for him at 112. When he stepped up to 114, 115, things were different, and there's just no two ways about it. There was things. Things have been different. How many divisions was he a champion of, Ellie? Do you know off the top of your head? I think four. Was it? Uh, from I want to say three. Three, three or four, something like that, right? And I, yeah. it was. It was that span. He was unstoppable. There was a reason he was at the top of the pound for pound list. And now for everyone to act like, oh, we'll never see him again. He should hang it up. Blah 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 blah. You know what? Once again, and I hate to bring it up, this is a product of Floyd Mayweather protecting his record, right. not fighting people when he should, and not fighting the people that he should after he got out of the one forties, I would say. Because what ended up happening after he retired was the zero on his record became more important than the quality of the fights that were being turned out. Now, due to his business savvy, which is not even in question, due to his, his great business savvy, he was able to, to, to fascinate the public with his undefeated record and then in turn fight guys who he already knew he could win, for the, who he could beat for the most part. Like the Birdos. 
And, and well, not even, truth be told, he was set up for a fight against Birdo back when Birdo actually might have been able to give him problems. And then they had that earthquake in Haiti. Right. And, yeah. and I actually respected Floyd for giving Birdo that chance later on because that kind of messed up Birdo's career low-key because then Birdo got into it with Roberto Guerrero. He was supposed to fight Mosley. The fight was already set. I already had. The, I bought the T-shirt for that fight. Man, and then the fight got canceled. Man, canceled. and both of those, both of those fights. And this is this is my point. So now, the public is so skewed now that if you lose, especially if you get knocked out, God forbid you get knocked out, people act like you're a bum. Guess what? But people been getting knocked out in boxing since boxing like, started. They act like you're a bum if you get knocked down. Forget about getting knocked yep. out. They act like oh. you can't win a fight if you get knocked down. But but why is it like it's crazy? Because in every other sport, and I don't care if you play badminton, tennis, golf, football, baseball, nobody goes undefeated an entire season. If you have nine losses, the NBA nine losses, it was the best season ever. Ever right. in baseball, it's what thirty losses, forty losses because the, the volume. So why in boxing, even MMA, look, Nate Diaz to me is the best fighter in MMA. He has 11 losses. Conor McGregor, you could say he's the best fighter. You go, you know, you guys like Conor. And he's he lost. Has, he has at least three losses, maybe four. I don't know how many exactly. So, yes, I agree that that's the factor. But I just don't like the fact that six months ago, eight months ago, a year ago, everybody's praising this kid for being the perfect fighter. Exactly. And he loses one fight questionable and one fight he gets stopped. It happens. He got called, got knocked out, whatever. Didn't show up for this one. Didn't train, whatever. A million excuses that could come up. Bottom line is he got stopped. Now every boxing expert is like, oh, he's a bum. He was never that good. We'll never remember him as doing anything. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable <laughs> watching people jump ship, right? It's unbelievable. I hate that. I hate, where's the loyalty? You know what? It's only about it in you know where it is? It's with his, Wait. it's with the Nicaraguans. Yeah. It's with, the, and this is why it's so important for everybody to fight for their country. Because if you look at it, if if the Thai homie loses his next fight, you know what? The Thai population is still going to be with him. Manny Pacquiao got knocked out by Marquez, a juiced-up Marquez in my opinion, but Marquez, after 48 rounds of fighting, he finally caught him with a lucky punch. Guess what? The Filipinos didn't abandon Manny Pacquiao. No. They were still there no, with him. They did, but, but um, that's true. No, that's a good point. But now the thinking, now the the, the uh -huh. experts the pundits are a whole nother animal because they're always looking to the next who's the next and this is my concern when it came to when it comes to this fight coming up this weekend is because with Triple G and Canelo Triple G's made it very clear that he's very happy to have this big fight finally and then to ride off into the sunset because boxing is a brutal sport well yeah and let me tell you that he won't win a decision this is this is what I'm saying this is what my concern is. Because the money is on Canelo. Right. Even though he's well, the underdog, as far as the future of boxing, Canelo's the face. Did you hear what Triple G guys, said the other day? Yes, he said he's not he's not Chavez. I'm not Chavez <laughs> he Jr. He said I ain't Chavez Jr. and Canelo and, is no and Danny Jacobs. And I couldn't <laughs> agree more with both of them. I'm those. loving I'm loving that Triple G's talking because usually he's the most diplomatic kid sure and he is. doesn't understand a lot of English. I'm keeping it real. He doesn't. He's a good person. Triple G's a great person. But the other day, I'm standing near him, and they're interviewing him, and it was, uh, what's his name? Piolin, the number one Spanish radio guy. Right. So both of them, English second language, and Piolin is asking him about the tragedy in Houston. Gennady didn't understand and answered, I love my fans. So I'm happy when he says things like, you know, hey, well, he keeps it real, and he's more edgy, because that's what sells. You want to sell a pay-per-view, you got to talk some smack. You can't say, the only guy that could get away with it was Manny Pacquiao in his heyday and say, God bless my opponent, and still break records. Every right. other fighter, you have to be confident. Now, I'm positive this fight does not end in a decision. It goes by knockout. Either I Triple agree. G yeah. 
And I one think, and I think the out. one that's going to be sleep is the guy with the red hair. I think we, Cinnamon's going to sleep, and I think he's going to sleep around nine or ten. I, I, it's possible. I don't know. I, I'm going back and forth. Some days I'm thinking Canelo pulls it off. Some days I think Triple G. I feel, but I'm I can, sure. I, hey, listen, yeah. I think it's going to be a great fight. I don't think it's going to be. An, I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for Gennady. I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for Canelo. This is just my take on it because I think that Gennady's naturally the bigger guy. I think he has more experience, and I think he's fought better levels of competition. So this is what I, I think is going to come. And the only you know, thing that Canelo and him are riding on is him being older or slipping a little that's bit. That's a hundred percent. That's why they didn't want to fight before. And I don't think it's Canelo. Canelo no, wanted to Canelo. fight, it's but it's, it's 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 Oscar and and the whole and Golden Boy team. And the whole little. But but I, I will say this: when when you play basketball with a savvy veteran. He may not be as fast as he used to be, but guess what? He, the street smarts and the, he knows where to turn it up, turn it down. Triple G, he's a veteran. He he's has a vet. 350 amateur fights. He's seen it all, every style. He's not just Mexican style. He, he's a good boxer. Canelo, he's improving from fight to fight. I agree. But it's the first time he's really fighting at 160 with a 160 fighter. I agree. I Chavez agree. was a good win, congratulations, but Chavez came down where he lost so much weight where he couldn't be effective. Well, and it's also not, he didn't throw any punches. Yeah. And he, he was, couldn't. It was a His legs were gone. And, and Chavez is not gone. a good fighter. And, and, and let's get that straight off the top because you guys made me believe, and then I was the asshole that they were making <laughs> no. fun of online. Like, I know Chavez is a bum. And, and, you he know, sold it, though. And you know what? You know what? He did sell it. And that's why he got paid. And you know what, Ellie, what we call that in the hood? <laughs> we call that the slow motion game. <laughs> because if you go to the park, you run into OG, and OG oh, is in moving in slow motion, and but you, you cannot yeah, yeah, yeah. stop him. You cannot stop him. You can't they, stop him. They're, they're going to hit that bank shot from yeah. three feet <laughs> to six glass. feet. He give you the up yeah. and under. He giving you up <laughs> but, and under work. Exactly. He's giving you a crossover that's Tim Hardaway style that goes through the legs, not the in front yeah. of, not the Allen Iverson crossover. Hooking you, everything. Whole nine, chicken wing. But And, and they get the rebound. But here's the thing. So this is this is a great fight. There's no losers. Obviously, yeah. if Triple G gets knocked out, we're going to see the same thing they just said about Chocolatito. He's I, I agree. Right. Gonna... I agree. And and now if Canelo if Canelo gets knocked out, we'll see. He's going to say, was this way too big for me? I started my career much at 40, at 47, and I moved up to 54 and 60. And we'll see. So one of them is going to have a crossroads over here. Yeah. Um, obviously, Canelo's the younger kid. No matter what happens, he could come back. Triple G, it depends. If it's a close, controversial type of stoppage where the ref jumped in before, when we don't know. So everyone's going to tune in. I, I think, unfortunately, for the fight card this weekend, it got stuck between two major cards. So I agree. I'm May surprised that Tom didn't put Chocolatito on the card again with right. Triple G, but I guess it's probably a golden boy uh, decision. It could have been a decision where your the, the tie homie wanted to get back in there real quick, you know. And yeah, and, and that's and you guys just explained right now to people why sometimes fighters do not want rematches because if you lost one close or got away with one, you might necessarily want to not face that guy again because if he figured him out and he figured out Chocolatito's number, let him move on to the next one and dominate for another five years. So props to Chocolatito for taking the fight. I agree. And yeah. Respect to Chocolatito, man. People trying to act like he's a bum, and he's not. Chocolatito's a class fighter. I, I just think he needs to stay at 12. I feel like the problem yeah. with that fight last night was that he didn't have his confidence. That guy took his confidence in New York. He, yeah, and, and I agree with that, but let me tell you where else he took his confidence. As soon as the bell rang, he, he was came inning. to the body <laughs> and was inning. He was. He had uh, no respect for Chocolatito's pow punching power whatsoever. And Chocolatito's game plan was so flawed because he did not stand out there and pop the jab. He wanted to mix it up with him. To he, show wanted him to, he wanted to go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Yeah, show him that he, he could go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. That guy's bigger his and emotion, stronger. His emotion get the best of it. I agree. One. 
Number two, I think there was an early headbutt very early in the fight, and that was like, okay, we know what this direction where this fight's going. Um, I saw I will that say this, I love, I love the story of the Thai guy, though. It's a very, very inspirational story. Sure the is. guy eight years ago had one win, three losses, was a collect- garbage collector that was eating trash. Walked in a wow. boxing gym. His same team believed in him and gave him a shot. And I really thought the first time, I'll be honest, I thought Chocolatito won. I was very convinced that it was a robbery in politics and boxing, whatever. If you were there, but it the looked fact, a little yeah. different. But yeah, just keep but going. Keep he going. came in, he took it, he owned it. There's, don't leave it in the judge's hand. Don't leave it in the judge's hand. Every time it's a big controversial ending in boxing, you know what? Should have done more. But good for him. He, he was a national hero last week, even with a controversial win. So now in Thailand, the national sport is kickboxing. So he's big, larger than life in a country where they don't have a lot of superstars. So he could be like a Manny Pacquiao-style guy that has a country supporting him, which that's what boxing needs. If Conor McGregor didn't have Ireland, he wouldn't be Conor McGregor. I agree. So it's, it's good for boxing last night. And actually, the UFC had a card last night, and I felt bad for Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson. Fourth time in a row, he can't get a fight, and, and UFC took a beating yesterday. Boxing dominated. If you compare, you know, there's always some rivalry. Yep. So yesterday, boxing with the shocker of Chocolatito. When I was texting people back and forth, they were asking me results, and I told them <laughs> Chocolatito got knocked out. They thought I was so they excited. They thought I that, mistyped. They, my yep. people did the same thing. They didn't believe me. I said, because somebody, I had a friend that was at the Dodger game, and they were like, hey, keep me posted on the fight. And so then, first round, I said, first round, tie, homie. Second round, maybe Chocolatito, but if he wanted, it was narrow. In the third round, I said, Chocolatito's about to get knocked out. He said, what? He goes, you mean he's about to knock out the tie, homie? Yeah. I said, no, I think he's about to get knocked out. Then then he got dropped, then, you know, canceled Christmas. Yeah. He was looking woozy. It was the fourth round they ended the fight, right? Yeah, I think it was Yeah, fourth. it was the, yeah. in the third round, though, was when the punishment came that you could see the knockout coming. Yeah, but the body and, was just, oh, man, he punished the body. A great, great plan. And, and unfortunately in boxing, and look, I, I know you don't like Floyd too much, but I give Floyd credit on one thing. It doesn't matter how successful he is. He still stays focused like he hasn't won the money. He hasn't won the title. 100%. Now, it's, not, it's not even that. See, this is the thing. It's not even that I don't like Floyd because the first big fight I ever went to was Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya. And yeah. I, I respect Floyd Mayweather as a boxer because skill set-wise, the men's skills are extraordinary. <laughs> no, no, no. But, no, but I'm not even talking about time, the skills. I'm talking about the, the same. I, yeah. no, no, I know what you're saying. But at the same time, his personal, his personal fortune – has been to the detriment of the sport in multiple ways. And, you know, that's not his concern. And it is what it is. And you can either accept that or you can't. And he can accept that, and so can his fans, which is fine. Yeah, but but my point is that it's – look, I've been covering boxing for 10 years, and I'm covering it every day, 24-7, 365. And sometimes I feel like I'm doing double. But very few fighters that have come from nothing and have made the – No, no, it's hard. I get it. And and they change because – they get so comfortable. You're it's hard getting to make punched weight, in the face for the whole yeah. line. I get so, it. You even see it. I even wonder if Tank Davis had that problem because Tank, your man Tank, looked terrible on the McGregor Mayweather okay. card. He let, let me terrible. Tell, no, no. <laughs> let me tell you what happened with him, and, and it's true because I was with him in the gym. He started camp in Baltimore, and he should have stayed in Baltimore to finish the camp. But he came out to Vegas for you know media uh, response. What's it called? Media not responsibilities, but it's called commitments. Uh huh. Where you have to do TV and this. And, and I'm with him at the Mayweather gym, and it was very hard for him to get sparring because nobody wants to get knocked out in practice. Everybody wants to look good. Jay Leon Love pulled me aside and said, look, a lot of people want to look good on Instagram. We're here at the Mayweather gym. But when it comes to work, so he was sitting at the gym for 45 minutes. It was hard for him 
to, to get people to spar him. And he found a kid, and in two rounds, he blows him out of the park. So they have to go back to the drawing board and maybe get a bigger budget and then pay sparring partners and do it. Even though he's a kid, he's 20 years old, but if you're that big of a puncher, it is what it is. Yeah, but he didn't make weight, sparring. did he? Yeah, he didn't even make weight. That has got nothing no, to do and with that, you and that's, like, that's what you were just no, talking no, no, about no, with that Floyd. That's do, a lack well, of discipline. And that's what is, I was saying. And this is where you do have to respect Floyd Mayweather. He always comes to fight. He came in that fight with Conor McGregor ripped. Yeah. He came in ripped, ready to take the punishment he needed to take for a couple rounds so that he could knock the dude out. And now tell me this. What's your take on him rigging the fight and betting on himself to knock him out in a round that he knocked the guy out in? How about them apples? Uh, McGregor should have had a different game plan. I was very disappointed to hear his coaches saying, oh, we didn't think Floyd will come forward. Are you kidding me? That's Why would all Floyd, Floyd Mayweather be scared of a non-boxer? No, but that's all what – first of all, that's all Floyd was saying that he would do. Yeah. Floyd said blatantly, I'm coming forward to – you don't practice just – you practice for A, B, and C, D, E, F options. You don't train O. That's what everybody's mistake is. I remember when different opponents of Floyd, everyone tells me their game plan. Oh, we're going to hit him on the shoulder. We're going to do this. The only one <laughs> the only one who didn't talk was Maidana, and that's why that fight was so good because Maidana oh, just didn't care. He went balls out. I still out. think he won yeah. that first fight. Robert Garcia tells me that every time I, I, I say it. I, yeah, I got to come back to the gym up there because I, I'd like to sit there and watch round by round with Robert because uh-huh. that first fight, I really think he won the first fight. May, narrowly by like one round, maybe two rounds. But the first fight, he came in there and mauled Floyd for the first sure six did. rounds. And, there was and like, honestly, if McGregor took a page from that book, who knows? But nah, nah, come on, Ellie. Ellie, 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 we got to get rid of you, Ellie. I didn't know. <laughs> uh, you, you, you've been drinking again. Ellie, we got a question for you. I just yes. want you to do two things on the way out. One, yes. I want to know if you've been watching our series on Tennis Channel called Advantage Omar, because it's been a lot of fun, and we just found out some of our other friends haven't been watching. And it's, it's I'm going to tweet it out right now. My man, yeah, on my please Twitter. do. Let and me I'm tell you something. You guys, the link, the link is in the bio, is in my Twitter bio and on my Instagram can, bio. Can I tell you guys a funny quick story really quick? Yeah. Just about internet, social media. So Mike Tyson takes one of my videos, erases ES News. There's an app that erases, and you see the logo, but you see that they erase in the shape of ES News and puts it on his channel, and he gets 1.2 million views. Wow. So I'm a polite person. I'm not going to just flag him right away. I'm going to give him respect. So I hit up him, his producer, and the official page of his podcast, and I say, hey, you guys kind of stole my video and erased it. Just give me credit where you found it. No response. So I had to, of course, flag it down, and it got taken down. So I beat Mike Tyson to the punch. And now they're all chasing me. Hey, let's talk. Uh, What happened? We want to apologize. Dude, all you have to do is give me credit. It's not a big deal. Not the end of the world, you know? Side note, I talked to Mike, and he said uh he's looking for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I've seen him twice lately, and he doesn't look good. He looks like a zombie. One time he was high to the sky, which is okay. Who doesn't like to smoke a little? Not me, but... I feel he was you. really high. But he's about to do another show. I thought he was doing part two to his uh, acting performance. Well, maybe he has CTE. Mm, could be. But the second time I saw him was after Mayweather McGregor, and he looked 80 years old. Like wow. he needed help to walk. So I don't oh, I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's taking some good stuff. Maybe he's just taking it easy. Maybe he's not doing good health-wise. But he is doing a part two. Maybe it's the downtime before he steps it up. But my point is that I want to take one of the clips that you have on social media and put it on my Instagram because my Instagram right now is doing really well. Well, we'll get so, you some. Yeah. We'll get you some. Secondly, so, on the yeah. way out the door, I need you to, to give me a prediction for this Saturday. Triple G versus Canelo, go. Oh, man. I'm, I, my give prediction it up. Is the, the fans are the winners. I'm leaning 45-55 for Canelo today. Wow. But wow. tomorrow, tomorrow my prediction may be the same prediction, but I'm switching the names. Right. Because I go back <laughs> and forth. It's very hard. I, I, people always ask me for advice, you know, because they want to know how to bet. I can't pick this one because, look, 
Canelo could go in there and have the perfect plan and get caught, and that's it. And Triple G could go in there and freeze or get caught by Canelo and uppercut. If Canelo hits him, it's with an uppercut. I will say that. If Triple G hits him, it's probably overhand right. So I don't know. We will see. Um, I'm right now 45-55 Canelo. But again, you know, you asked me the same question this time in two, three days. I might say something different. Love it. Elisek back. Tell the people where to find you. Just go anywhere, type in ES News, and you'll find me. Elisek back. Always a pleasure to have you. You are a friend and family of the Ozone. I appreciate it. And keep up the great job. You guys are blowing up, taking over the game. Ah, thank you, sir. <laughs> Talk right, to you we'll soon. We'll be in touch. Late. All right, late. Ladies and gentlemen, Ellie, 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 get your sec back. Uh oh. Some interesting analysis. It was. I don't agree with some of them, but it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's a, this is the part of the Theo Zone. Yeah. Everybody gets their take. Yeah. We just get the final word, ladies and gentlemen. And the final word right now is moving into college football. Wow, we had some very interesting upsets that have taken place since we've been uh, on the mic. And uh, now they're talking about a new king of Los Angeles and the quarterback. Is it this kid, Josh Rosen? Is it the kid over at SC? A lot of stuff going on. We got another caller who wants to chime in, talk a little about college football, man. This is, the lines are hot right now, folks. People have been clamoring for us, but we've been busy. We've been working in the tennis space, all right? Deal with us, folks. It's the Ozone. Next victim, live in the Ozone. Talk to me. What's good, my Ozone fam, bam? You got it, man. It's been a while since, we, uh, since we've been on the mic, but we got a, we got a long version because we got a lot to cover, so we want to jump right in it. We, uh, we just got over talking about the, that incredible triple header from HBO last night, and we wanted to get your expertise on some college football. We even saw your man, Deshaun Watson, make an appearance today in an NFL game. So tell me, what do you got? What was the hot ticket this weekend? What were the big upsets? What was it that you saw happening? Man, speaking about Deshaun Watson, he should be starting, first of all, for the, uh, for the Texans. For I agree. He'll be starting. He will be starting. Um, if it's not next week, it's the week after. Right. Come week two, he'll be the starter. Yep. I said. All right. So, big upsets this week. Man, Oklahoma. Oklahoma winning in Utah at the horseshoe. Some folks had it as an upset. I had it as them Oklahoma young Sooners going in there. They're just too fast. In Ohio Ozone. State, not in Utah. They in Ohio State. Fast. Yes. Yeah. Oklahoma Sooners upset. Um yeah, the, oh, the, the Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you said Utah. But, yeah, I feel you. I oh. mean, that was a surprise. And then they rode on them and dragged the flag all over the place. Woo! <laughs> that is some Terrell Owens. Let's get disrespectful, right? It was. <laughs> was. At the <laughs> horseshoe? Let's wow. On the big star. They put the, the OU flag in the center of the horseshoe. I've, we've never seen nothing like that in college football. Pretty so amazing. Them young boys letting them know, like, look. Hey, the Big 12, we're ready to show and prove. But Oklahoma is tough. I don't see them going too far because they're in the Big 12 and because they're just young. There'll be an impact. No one would want to play them because they're just too fast. They're fast all the way around. Um, former head coach Bob Stoops, he was in the, uh, in the attendance yesterday. And just going back on Bob Stoops, I think that he kind of slowed them up last, you know, the, the previous years. Like, but with the new head coach and these kids, man, they they out there running like Hussein Bolt. They just a flash. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are fast. They are very, very fast. 
I have to say, every time I think of Ohio State, I think of Maurice Claret. It just like I just can't get it. I, I feel like I'm in a time warp wow. because every time I hear Ohio State, that's who I think of. Wow, you take it all the way back with, with Mo C, huh? I mean, I take it, I take it back <laughs> because I, his story was so insane. And I ran across the 30 for 30 the other day and saw the whole thing. And I remember when he got caught with the weapons and this and the other. I mean, that dude was unstoppable in college. And it's just that cautionary tale. How many times have we seen guys who were totally unstoppable in college and then they get to the big, the grown man's league and it just doesn't Ron work Dane. out? Man, Ron Dane well, came I to think... San Jose State from Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen, and I was in the stands. <laughs> and, and he ran from Wisconsin <laughs> to San Jose to San Francisco. This he guy. A convoy, a one-man convoy. <laughs> <He ran> a <laughs> one-man. <laughs> I think Ron Dane had 400 yards in the first half. Nobody in, the, in the stadium wanted to, to tackle that man. You couldn't tell me he wasn't going to be the next Herschel Walker or Walter Payton. And he got he in the knew lead. he was going to be the Heisman as soon as he ran 4,000 4, miles on a, from, <laughs> from Ohio to San Jose, and then he ran an additional 45 <laughs> to go from San Jose to San Francisco Airport. Man. It was amazing. That it was amazing happened. to see. That was amazing to see. Shout out to Ron Dane if he's if he's listening, man. Anywho, yeah. but so yeah, so then uh, and so then tell me, I've I've watched a little Wolverine football. I was in the airports this weekend. I watched a little Wolverine football, which I was feeling nostalgic. Made me think about our man Chuck Woodson. Chuck Wood, the Hall of Famer. You know what? The Wolverine football is good. I think they're still going through their phases, trying to find their identity. Um, you know, they had the all ball coach. They lost last week. Uh, what was it in? in who they lose? Was it Florida State? They lost to somebody last week. My bad. I, I'll follow up on that. But um, I just don't think that they're they're ready. I don't think they're re- they'll be a top ten throughout the season. Michigan's two and zero. They're trying to find themselves. But they're they're in, no. They lost that. They lost to no. Did they beat Florida? I'm they, looking at it right win? now. They're two and zero. Last week they beat Florida thirty three seventeen. They beat Florida. My bad. They beat Florida. My bad. Um, I'm Alabama. not so savvy on the on the football. Yes. And Bama, man, you know, I saw a pundit talking about which sounded good, which is that Florida State actually, that was a win for their defense because of the, the small number of yards that they gave up against that juggernaut NFL-style offense, hmm. even though they lost right. the game. They don't, they don't have their coach anymore, though. I mean, they're, they're – um their offensive coordinator because he ended up going to Central Florida or something like that. So yeah, bro. That's a big change. That's a big change for them. Tell me this. I, I saw the ultimate upset, which was <laughs> which which was a bet. I wish I would have got in on with Howard. With Howard last week, unbelievable. Went out to Vegas and got it done, huh? Man, by Cam Newton nephew or his brother? Brother, that's his brother. Little bro, little bro, bro. You know what they always say, Icon. The little brothers is always the best athletes in the family. (laughs) (laughs) Tell him, Timber. (laughs) Yeah, if only that were true. That's what they say. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so tell me this. There's been a little bit of a controversy lately. We got two two and O teams right here in Southern California, and UCLA pulled off the incredible comeback in Week One. Now they're two and O. SC is two and O. Who do you think is a better quarterback? Darnold. I like him too. And for me, it's all based on what I saw last year at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, that kid. You know, to come in and just stone cold, stone face. He, he performs. He uh, he can run. He can throw the 
throw the dime. Um, I think with UCLA. And the moment doesn't seem too big for him. That's the thing that I like. Never, never. You know, it's like we are. We we watched the game with UCLA last week. They should have lost. Yep. So, you know, we're coming back that emotion and everything and winning this week. It helped them get into the top twenty-five. But you know, going to to the game this coming week with USC playing Texas, all the media wants to put it back to the Vince Young and to the Rose Bowl. Hey man, Texas ain't got a chance this week. Coming into week three, yeah, they put hands on on San Jose State again on our alum. Right. Past, but SC and they they built to win. They got running backs. They got receivers. They got a Heisman potential candidate quarterback. Them dudes is for real. And I'm not an SC fan, but I enjoy watching them and I enjoy how they playing football now. Now all they have to do now is let the juice back in the stadium. I don't think you have to worry about that happening anytime soon, but I hear you. <laughs> First and foremost, the juice has got to get out of this prison blues, and then we can talk about getting him at the stadium. Because the juice How do you think the crowd would be? Would it be, would, it, would it be 50-50, or what do you think? I think that this is, think this is America. That's what I was going to say. In America, if O.J. Simpson could right now give you 250 yards. <laughs> all is forgotten. All is forgotten. <laughs> Nobody would care because in, in America, everybody loves a winner, and that's all that matters in America. It is, it is you can kill people, you cannot kill people, you can maim people, you can do whatever it is you need to do, but can you rush the pill for 275? <laughs> that's, what, that's what Americans want to know, and that's what the Alumni Association want to know. You can kneel down during the national anthem, but you, if you get up and run for 250, you are praised. No, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree because Colin Kaepernick went to the Super Bowl. No, but see, he hadn't done it in a while. Yeah, but he, if, Colin, he's if, if Colin Kaepernick last year, when he actually had that good comeback year, if Colin Kaepernick would have went to the playoffs and won the Niners a playoff game, I guarantee you that that a lot of that would have been forgotten. If he not, nah, if he'd have won the Super Bowl, he he would. I think he's at the point where he would have had to win the Super Bowl. Wow, he went that far. He, I think he's gone that far. He had to blow. He had to blow him out. <laughs> I think you got to blow him out. You got to, you got to blow out Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't know. You can't blow out Tom Brady. <laughs> you can't do it. You tried. It didn't <laughs> work. The Chiefs, the Chiefs did. Ooh, the Chiefs! Don't bring them up. You know that. The Chiefs. Oh, here he goes. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Chiefs are real. Week one kicked off in the NFL. I, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot of stuff going down in the NFL right now. The big, big story was the Kansas City Chiefs beating the crap out of the Patriots. I mean, the crap. They really just stomped in on them. Kareem Hunt. In Foxborough. In Foxborough. Yeah. And then, thank God, I was playing against Kareem Hunt in my fantasy. Lucky me. I told him to draft him, though. Did I tell you? Yeah, but I got Todd Gurley and Devonta Freeman. I wasn't going to take a chance on Kareem Hunt, even though I could have took a chance on him late and just had him on the bench, and then he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have killed me. And he went to go pick him up just because he didn't want to hear my mouth, he said. <laughs> and, I, and I looked up and I said, oh, I can't pick him up because I'm playing against he's him. blowing me out. And he's blowing me out currently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's been in that way. Yeah, yeah. buddy. But yeah, Back bro. There's a couple of big games coming this week. Uh, we got number 23, Tennessee, playing against number 24, Florida. Uh, those are the big games. And, we have also number three, Clemson, 
with uh, you love the replacement quarterback, Mr. Kelly Bryant, coming behind Deshaun Watson. Um, good kid. He can play. He can play. But this, this week he's going on the road. He's going to Louisville against Mr. Lamar Jackson, mm. uh, former uh, Heisman candidate. So this, this, this is going to be a great game, the battle of the quarterbacks, two hungry teams. Um, you know, college football right now, these kids are, are really, really playing, and I've always enjoyed college sports, but right now it's these kids are trying to get to the league on one play. They're going all out. Wow. Every play is a, is, is a top play. They're going all out. And then uh, we got, you know, unfortunately due to Hurricane Irma, one, another one of the big games is the uh, Miami, ranked number 17, going to play against Florida State. That game postponed. Uh, but when them two, you know, big heads get together, it's going to be a battle of Florida, and they're going to they're going they're going to knock some heads off. Yeah, so, it's going to be real. So when that game is going to be played, but that's the college football. That's what we're looking at right now. I will give you guys like a uh, who's going to be the national champions. I see SC going. Um, I like Alabama. I see Penn State back up in there. They got some returners. And that fourth slot is just hanging. Don't know yet. But I do see those three teams just going back to the Clemson. I'll put Clemson back in there just for right now. Wow. Right now. Wow. Well, I'd like to hear the early predictions and the confidence in it. Last thing before you go, next victim, I want to hear your prediction on a big fight coming up this weekend. This ain't playtime. As my man Triple G says, this is big drama show. What's happening between Canelo and Triple G? Who you got and what round? I got triple G, G, G. <laughs> I, I hear you, man. <laughs> I, got him, <laughs> I, got him, I got him knocking out Canelo. I'll say uh, on the safe, I'll say in the ninth round. I, you, I think, wow. You, you, you must, it's like you just heard the, the call before this. I literally just said I got him knocking him out in the ninth or the tenth. I think he's going to oh, go wow. in seven. You think he's going in seven? Yeah. I think once Canelo gets in the deep water and he's going late, I think what I've seen is that Canelo's defense gets suspect later on in the fight. And even though low-key with Amir Khan showed, his defense can be suspect early. Yeah. Um, right. But I think he throws punches too wide, honestly. His punches are wide. And I tell you, if Gennady gets a hold of you, man, it is what it is. It can, it can be over quick. But I, I can't discount Canelo. Canelo's got pop, too. He's got pop. And so it, it's – But you think he has more pop than Danny Jacobs? I don't know. I don't think I don't, so, especially I don't, as big as Danny Jacobs was. That yeah, night. that <laughs> night. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that, to be honest. And and I think that there's going to be a mental edge for Gennady because I think from their history of sparring a couple times together and Gennady always being the big homie, I think that there's a little bit of of that. And then that can hurt you sometimes if he gets a little lax. I agree. But that, this is why this fight is a must-see. It's a must-see. I'm hoping to be there, but I can't call it. Hopefully HBO shows love. We don't know what's – that's still pending, as they say. Yeah. You never know about the, the entertainment business. I would like to see uh, Triple G just go to the body a little bit more to bring Canelo hands down. Uh-huh. Try to make him, you know, box and then it's lights out. Um I think the jab is going to be a major factor. I I do, too. And I was telling him that the other night. But the biggest thing for Triple G to go to the body is that he would have to lower himself because he's so much bigger bigger than Canelo. Then he makes himself susceptible to, like, the uppercuts and everything else. Before that, though, you know, if he stands out there and pops that jab and hits you with that cross, good night. Man, that's bad news. So who's going to be 
do you guys think is going to be the more aggressive coming out in the first three rounds? Both of them. I, I, I don't think either one of them are going to be scared. I mean, low-key, we could have a fight like we had on the cards yesterday because th- I don't think either one of them is scared to mix it up. I just think that I think that Gennady has more experience, and that will cause him to formulate a plan and adjust. The main thing that we one. see in whether in every single sport – the champion has the ability to adjust within the game. Well, yeah, and I feel like uh, Gennady's got a better uh, team uh, because Abel Sanchez is a better, way better trainer than what uh, Canelo's been showing up with. Wow. Yeah, Abel's really good. Really, really good. It's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out. I can't wait. All right, Victim, thanks for calling in and contributing to the Ozone. You are always welcome, my brother. Late tour. Hit me up next, Victim, at uh, Twitter. I'll be there. I'll holler. I'll oh, yeah, that's it. Matter of fact, I'm going to send out a tweet. Uh, I'm going to send out a tweet to you so the people can find you because I have a lot of people ask me about Next Victim, and you can find him on Twitter. What is it, N-X-T-V-C-T-M? How do you, how do you spell that? N-E-X-T-V-I-C-K-T-M. Ah, okay. So Next Victim just with a K instead of a C. Got it. That's it. All right, Victim, we'll talk to you soon. All right, y'all brothers, have a good one. All right, Young Bleed. Oh, boy, so much to cover. I hate being off the mic. I might have to give you two this week, folks. On the rack down, yeah, yeah. Get the rack down, yeah, yeah. You know what I want to talk about right now? Is? The event that we were just at is the The U.S. Open. Open. Man, what an event that they put on out in New York City. Fabulous event. It's a fabulous event. It's nice. I felt that it was the best slam that we went to so far. Yeah. The yeah. only one we still got to cover is Australia. And that's yeah. a, I, I don't know. It's going to be hard to beat New York. Yeah. For the lifestyle, I got to go with Paris. For the lifestyle, Paris. But for the non-formality of it all, I go with New I York. I go with New York. New yes. York doesn't feel like you should be in a suit and tie. It feels like you should just be there watching. And, and having also, a good time. And, and also the idea that they have day and night sessions in New York yes. is fantastic. And, and so, that center court is beautiful. Oh, man, that's I a mean, beautiful it's stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. It is. It's a, it's a More beautiful so stadium. More so than Wimbledon. I agree. Yeah. Even though that, well, I don't know, yeah, that Wimbledon yeah, stadium is space stadium, age. It's, it's space age, but you had, that thing was spacious. Yeah, you had space and nice boxes. Wow. Oh, great box. So, uh, yeah, it's hard <laughs> to lose when you get great box. <laughs> but I think that this, uh, I think that Rafa Nadal had, was able to keep the youngsters at bay. He right. won his third U.S. Open title and won. Congrats. Congrats to Mr. Nadal. We got to hang out with Mr. Nadal while we were out there on our show, Advantage Omar. You can find it on tenniscanal.com. Uh, and, you know, he was a great guy. He was. And uh, really humble guy, great superstar, and very competitive because he was diving on concrete during a badminton match. <laughs> serious business. <laughs> he was serious. Witness was serious with, as well. With no socks on, by the way. Rafa's the guy that wears jeans with no socks. He's a player, all right? Let's get it straight. <laughs> Great preppy work. Players only. Oh, players only, eh? Yeah, so Rafa got that dub in a not-so-exciting uh, finals match, but the tournament at large was great. Right. And I, what I feel like, before we move on to the, other, to the other winners, honestly, what I feel like is in this tournament was the culmination for the year-end for the youth and the next generation to announce, hey, we're here. Right. It's time to pass the torch, old folks. They're not intimidated. They're not intimidated. This kid, Francis Tiafo, took Roger Federer to, to five limit. sets took in the, the first limit. round. Took him to the limit. I think that hurt him long term. I think so, too. You uh, called that earlier. Yeah. I didn't think that it was going to affect him like that. To me, with the hard surface, the hard surface favors the younger players. 
It favors power players and younger players because if you have to play every day, every other day, they had some rain situations, so you ended up playing. Some guys had to play every day. Right. You don't have that recovery when you're in your 30s the same way you do when you're in your 20s. And yeah, but Federer doesn't play all the time. That doesn't matter. He had to play every day for that for these five, you know, those five set matches, and that's serious business. And Del Potro ended up getting him out of there in four sets. Yeah, and I thought he was, I thought he had Del Potro. He did. He lost focus. But yeah. this is these are the small things, in my opinion, that happen when you know you you're taken to the limit. If you look at Rafa, Rafa had a much easier path to the finals. And then just dominated because that half of the bracket had so many pullouts and injuries late. Yeah. You had Djokovic that was supposed to be on the other side of that and Andy Murray, mm-hmm. neither one of which was on the other side of that bracket, which opened things up. To give him that proper seeding that he needed. I mean, he's number one seed, and then he just ran through. It would have been nice to get Roger and Rafa one more time at a slam. Right. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's over. It could happen in Australia again in 18 like it did in 17. But I think that... Um, I think that it was a wonderful event. I think the young guys, there's that kid uh, from Canada, Shablova, that you need to watch. He's a young stud. You have Francis Tiafo that you need to watch. Uh, I, was, I have to say I was pretty surprised that Gail Monfils, uh, he, he ended up retiring under suspicious, like, an injury, which sucks, because I thought with the seating in the draw that he might end up in the yeah, finals. Yeah, he had a great chance. I thought he could end up in the finals at this one. Donald Young got hurt. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, there was just uh, – I, th- I still think that the youth, there's a lot of guys. You saw uh, uh, Sasha Zverev. There's a lot of young guys who are coming to play. They're not intimidated. They're ready to go. And, and there's just no way around it. And we saw it on the women's side as well. Right. Because the finals, thank God, America can stand up. They made America great again in New Standing York. Standing tall and looking good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, you, had, you had the semifinals. All four were Americans. You had Coco Vandeweghe versus Madison Keys and Sloane Stevens versus uh, arguably the greatest ever, Venus Williams. Yeah, I and I, I called Sloane, the homie Sloane. And you know what? I didn't. I didn't buy in because I, I was on the Sloane train before, and I watched Sloane give me great J.R. Smith work. I saw. I saw Sloane act like the game didn't matter at times, and I can never accept that from an athlete. And what ended up happening was she had that injury where it seemed like somehow or another that brought things into focus for mm-hmm. her. Because after that injury, she came back with this with focus and seriousness, and she ended up with a $3.5 million check because she beat the crap out of her she best friend, Madison when she, Keys. <laughs> when she picked up that check, she was cheesing. She said, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Dropped three and a half on you. Dropped like, three and a half million. She was like, wow, are you kidding me? That's heavy cheese. It's heavy. And I tell you, she beat Venus... And she had to really compose herself to beat Venus because mm-hmm. Venus beat herself in certain ways because she had a lot of unforced errors. But after she beat the snot out of Venus in the first round, in the first, sorry, in the first uh, set, I think it was 6-1, Venus came back and smacked her around. So the third set was anybody's match. And it's one of the great things about Venus when you watch her. Whether it's men or women, she has so much heart that you really have she to appreciate She has it. so much heart. She played one of the best games in that whole tournament. She played one of the best matches. I yeah. Mean, I mean, that match, yes. Yeah. Yes, that match against Petra is one of the is, – is Petra yes. Vitkova is one of the best matches you'll ever watch ever. Yes. That was a great oh match. Goodness. And, I mean, and it was a tie break, and she showed so much heart coming sure through. Did. And truth be told, this is another situation where she got taken to the limit, and she's on the other side of her career. Right. So she got taken to the limit, and Sloan was fresh. 
you could see it. Sloan had so much bounce in her step. She had it against Madison Keys. She yeah. had it against Venus. She could have played another two sets if she needed to. Right. She didn't need to against Madison Keys. Seems like the, the lights were a little too bright for Madison. Hopefully her, her and her coach, Lindsey Davenport, find a way to, you know, to, to dim them out so that she can really go and use her talent because she's really talented. She's a big hitter. Right. She's got a lot of power. What happened to your girl, Vandaway? Vandaway got dominated by Keys. Madison Keys showed up and and pounded, and you know Coco. I think those are those are three people that you're going to see consistently for the next few years. I think you're going to see Sloane Stevens, Coco Vandeweghe, Madison Keys. These are names that you're going to hear consistently, and I think that the clay seems to be the big you know uh, asterisk, if you will, because it seems like the hardest surface to master, mm-hmm. which is what makes what Rafa Nadal has done so impressive that he's won. 16 slams and eight of them have come in one spot uh, or nine of them, whatever it was that he won the, the, the French this year. But then you had the Ostapenko, the young girl that won at the, at right. the French Open this year. The youth movement is here in tennis, and it's nice and it's diverse, and I really like it. But switching gears, on the double side, there was an, uh, a veteran name that actually pulled out a dub in the mixed doubles, which was Martina Hingis. Oh, wow. Yeah, you didn't know that, did you? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, your girl. That's what I wanted to tell you. I knew <laughs> it was going to surprise you. I knew it was going to surprise you. Martina Hingis came out with a dub. And she's, wow. Yeah, she, she won the championship. It's a blast from the past, right? Yeah, and she I think she was in the finals and or won the, the mixed doubles in uh, in London as well. So she's back at it, and that, that's great. I think that it's beautiful that tennis offers these different avenues if you don't have the ability, per se, to still do it on the individual tip. To then do it on the on the on the doubles or the mixed doubles or something to that effect, but all in all, it was was a great experience. If you want to see what our U.S. Open experience was like, head over to tennischannel.com and uh, watch Advantage Omar. It's also on my Facebook page. I think you guys will really enjoy. Whoo! Moving on once again, NFL Week One. How'd your fantasy squad do? My fantasy squad, since I play on the, some of the daily leagues, I don't have a uh, fantasy team directly. I like to pick my players once once a week, and uh, I've done pretty well. Um, I knew that the Jaguars were – they had an upgraded defense with Calais Campbell over there. Yeah. And uh, they really came through. The, the Rams looked great. Yeah, they look great against a pretty beat-up team, but they look great. The yeah. homie Vontae was out there. Yeah, yeah, but – um, overall, the Kansas City Chiefs, which everyone knows this is that, the story. that I love. <laughs> yeah, this is the story. And they let they let you down last year in the playoffs. Yeah, they let well, they, no, they, they didn't up. let me down. Alex Smith let me down. No, the coach let you down. Yeah, and he, Andy Reid. Because Andy Reid is always going to let you down, by the way. Andy yeah. Reid is getting you all revved up right now, and there is no climax coming. The climax is Andy Reid will find a way to He's lose. He's a tease. He will snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. He will do it. That's Count on gift. it. It's a gift. Everybody's a gift. got a gift. Everybody's hey, got man. something. Andy Reid knows how to lose. <laughs> what, what can you do? He's a, I it, think that with this squad, although Eric Berry just got hurt, which is humongous. Enormous. Which is humongous. He's one of the best safeties in the league. Him getting hurt is crucial. Now, I think that the, with the way that their team is lined up, they have an all-star team on defense, that they'll be there for the whole year. I'm, I just can't wait for them to play the Raiders. The Raiders' defense actually looked good today. The Raiders' defense did look good today, and Derek Carr took a minute to get it going. He scored quick. Yeah, he then, scored quick. But then, he, but then you know, the, it seems like t- Tennessee made some good adjustments, and then they, they pulled it out. They well, got it Tennessee's done. Tennessee's up, upgraded their defense they as well. Tennessee's a good team. Yeah. and that, that, I feel like Marcus Mariota really gets – looked over in the world of Derek Carr and all these different yeah. guys. Mariota's a good ball player, man. To me, he's the best up-and-coming quarterback in the league. You think? Because he can do everything. And Better he does than James well. Winston. Yes. 
because he doesn't make as many bad uh, bad decisions as Jameson. I James feel like famous Jameis is a bit more durable. That's the, that's the main thing I say that I give Jameis uh, over Mariota. Well, how can in you, the league, yeah, but any, how can anybody you say that, can though? get because Mariota's already been hurt. He broke his leg. Right, exactly. Just like Carr. Exactly. But Jameis has been hurt too. And he ain't broke no leg. <laughs> yeah. They ain't run his leg out. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think that uh I think that Jameis, me myself, it hurt my fantasy team that the game was rained out. Sending love, light, and support to everybody out there in Florida who's who's going through real stuff. If you get a chance to listen to the Ozone, we're here for you. We're going to make a donation. Hopefully it helps because that storm, Irma, and they got Jose coming right behind it's it. It's real. Forget sports. This is this is serious business. It's real life. Yeah, this is real life. So um, so we have that. I think that uh, the game to watch was that, that Seahawks and Packers game. That game wasn't the game to watch. I watched that game, man. I'm disappointed with that game. They, they cheat so much in Green Bay. It's ridiculous. Tell me how you really feel. You, did you see some of the, that stuff that they were calling? Called a phantom punch that threw out a defender throughout lane out the game. Then it was passing. Got that full lane. Yeah, then it was a pass interference in the end zone where they jumped on Jimmy Graham before the ball even got there. They didn't call that. I mean, just, I got Jimmy Graham on my fantasy team, so of course I saw that. Yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous to watch teams go up there and play in Lambeau and not get a fair shake. Let them, let them play. Can't do it. It's Lambeau. And let Lambeau that, leap. Yeah. Come on, man. Especially with them being full masked. You would think they would cheat more when they needed more help. But now that they're full masked, I don't know. Yeah, and it's terrible because you watch guys now like Troy Aikman and everybody speak about it. They're like, whoa, wait a minute. What's going on? This is terrible. You never hear those guys speak out like that. No, 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 no. That's not in the contract. No. And now, what about this rash of injuries? You had an interesting take when we were on the road about having to play in preseason, about how football works kind of in the vein of boxing, that in boxing you got to spar to get ready for the fight. Yeah. And yet if you don't, you you take a risk on getting hurt and sparring. You take a risk on getting hurt. And you have to practice. If you don't practice full game speed, then you usually get injured. I heard another pundit saying that don't be surprised if there's a lot of major injuries on this first uh, on this first day of football because these guys are not playing in the preseason. And Lord and behold, we have injuries, a lot of them. You know, so it's truth to that. These guys need to play, and they need to play full speed at least maybe what ten Two quarters. Oh uh, yeah. See, and that's the tricky part, though, because then how do you? But what do you do to mitigate these guys actually getting hurt? I mean, you like can't, you can't, season ending hurt. You saw guys get hurt in the last game of the preseason. Allen Robinson got hurt today. He, yep. He's out for the season. He blew out his ACL. Julian Edelman blew out his ACL in preseason, but Allen Robinson blew out his in the game. Then you watch a guy like Eric Berry who didn't play, who tore his Achilles, but that's probably a product of him not playing in preseason. So everybody's resting and taking it easy. But in football, it's a contact sport. What's the answer there? There is no direct or correct answer i feel like you have to play just like if you were playing baseball you have to play there's difference if you were playing an inter-squad game and then you actually play the game come on man there's the intensity and the adrenaline flow that's going along with you playing that game it's real you step out there you you know if you're just going through a walkthrough of the game you're not taking it as serious your adrenaline's not flowing and then so you just go through the motions a little bit but if you get out there and you know that you're going to because if they, when they're practicing football they're not hitting each other full speed. No, they can't. Yeah, they can't. But when you get out there and play in the game, you know that you have to crack somebody. I have to turn it up. Yeah. I wonder what the answer is because there's a lot of guys getting hurt. And, there are uh, a and, lot of and, – and, and It's unfortunate. It is. And it's guys with non-guaranteed contracts that you don't even hear about, let alone to go along with the big-name guys. Right. Which is terrible. Now – Hmm. What do you think? I wanted to get your take on this. Does Adrian Peterson have anything left in the tank? What do you think about AP and Drew Brees? 
You know what? Drew Brees definitely still has something, but no, oh, I, I, I'm not even. I wasn't even asking that. Oh, I, I just meant. What do you think about AP playing with Drew Brees? You can put Ezekiel Elliott with Drew Brees. Drew Brees wants to throw the ball, and he, he will throw. And the he ball. will throw the ball, even if he's on the one yard line. So what does it matter? You can give him anybody. AP is not going to be used like he would normally be used in another offense. But the problem is, is that, I mean, AP is only going to have so much left in the tank. You can't expect too much. Just like Marshawn Lynch. You can't expect too much out of these guys. You have to use them sparingly. I actually like how Jack Del Rio used Marshawn yeah, Lynch Yeah, it was smart. Today. He was he's very trying smart. to build him up, though. That's it. He was building his legs up. Yeah. You could tell. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's going to be interesting. I think that, that we got a lot of players that are looking to be comeback player of the year. My choice for him is Ty Gurley, personally. I think that Ty Gurley is, I think he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and I think that he really didn't appreciate his campaign from last year. There's a lot of confusion with the Rams. Seemed like a bit of that uh, hard knocks curse was was working against them and in, by, in the vein of Jeff Fisher. I was going to say, Jeff Fisher was the biggest <laughs> curse that was working on them. I mean, the dude almost set a record for losing. Come on, dude. It's it's not it's not acceptable. And then you have a guy like Ty Gurley who has to play with a team that didn't have receivers and they stacked the box and then you stop didn't him. Didn't have a quarterback. And didn't have a quarterback and then you stop him from running and then everybody's like, Oh, Ty Gurley, I oh man. He's he, a bum. Yeah, he's he's a overrated. Bum. Come on, dude. Now you have Sammy Watkins out there and Robert Wood. Yeah. And then you can put Tavon Austin in uh Tavon Austin in the slot and move him around and do little trick plays. That's gonna open up the running game for Ty Gurley. And next thing you know, they're running the clinic. Exactly. And it's Ram time, bro. And it's Ram time, not even in Anaheim. That's <laughs> Ram in time. The la -la. In the la-la. Let's do it in the la la. Wow. Oof. Yeah. NFL is back. What do you think about Zeke? They, 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 it seems like some good old Texas justice going on down there where they push the button the Jerry last Jones, minute. Gee, gee. <laughs> hey, look here. I'm going to need my boy everybody to play on uh, Sunday night. <laughs> on Sunday, All right. we, we need him in there. You understand? So uh, find Jerry a way Jones. to avoid that out. Yeah. That's yeah. a powerful dude. It's a power move. That's a power move. Yeah. And they're saying that he's probably going to get to play the whole year? He's going to play the whole year. Maybe he'll be suspended in the offseason. Uh, <laughs> but guess what? Why was he suspended anyway? They didn't have any evidence of anything. Hey, you can't just go around suspended. Okay, you're suspended you from can. the Ozone. You can. <laughs> I'm suspended from the Ozone. If you're Roger Goodell, he actually can suspend anybody that he wants to he in the push world. The button. Yeah. He's <laughs> not even in the NFL. Wait, did you see those numbers? Roger Goodell's compensation over the past 10 years? $246 million oh, or whatever about the it is. Man's numbers. And now it's about to go through the roof because he no longer has to report those numbers. Yes. Wow. And he's basically the go-to guy for the owners. So the owners, he's the bad guy. He's the face of the of the owners. That's it. And he plays the bad guy. He's the overseer. At, yeah, and I and I feel like he is a bad guy. But at, on the same point, all of this is coming from the owners. Yeah. So they're paying him millions and millions so that he can, you know, so that they don't have to stand up to the crowd. And I think this is something that Ballers has gotten right this season on the show, is that they show a lot of the, the confluence that goes on mm -hmm. behind the scenes behind with the, the scenes. owners and, you know, that whole thing. I mean, Jerry Jones literally found a way to get his guy to play. That's crazy. Now that's baby, that's nuts. But you know what? He's done things like that in the past too, because he's had his he's had his share of yeah, guys who've had trouble, who had drunk trouble driving, and, yeah, and rape drug and everything, and, rape, yeah, yeah. and they just sweep it under the rug. Standard NFL issue. <laughs> Standard NFL issue. Well, folks, we're gonna move on to our favorite thing. The Don't game say it. so fine. Don't say it. It's played on diamonds. <laughs> Let's play ball. Ladies and gentlemen, there's been a major shakeup in Major League Baseball. I personally took a hit this weekend because the Houston Astros decided that they couldn't beat the Oakland A's in a four-game set, and they got outscored something like 50 to 20. 
What the hell is going on with your Houston Astros? They're looking good. They're looking better than the Dodgers. The Dodgers have lost 10 straight. 10 straight. 10 straight. We're looking at an epic meltdown. On both parties. Yeah, well, Houston's okay. Houston doesn't have anybody on their tail like the Dodgers because the Diamondbacks... <laughs> Diamondbacks on that tail. Are, are, are on their tail. They are on their tail. And if, if they let the Diamondbacks catch them, they will never live this down. This is the equivalent of the Atlanta uh, the, the Atlanta Hawks losing to... Not the Atlanta Hawks, but the... the Atlanta Falcons the Atlanta losing to Falcons, the Patriots. Yeah, losing to the Patriots. I agree. But they, you know, I, you know, this situation, I think the Dodgers will pull together, but they, they really look bad right now. They look bad. They, and they're playing bad baseball. Like, the pitchers... And really, it's the pitchers more than the offense. It's the pitchers. They can't get anybody out. Well, you know what? They were talking about statistics that the Dodgers are doing. They throw a lot of first-pitch strikes, and the teams have made the adjustments because baseball is the adjustment sport. And what they've done is that they're jumping on all of those pitchers early. So you want to throw fastballs early in the count? These guys are getting tattooed. They're I'll, getting the midget tattooed. Yeah, because you, you watch Alex Wood. He got tattooed yesterday. And who was it that got tattooed today? But uh, Nolan Arenado went deep on him, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rich Hill. Yeah, and Trevor Story gave him a dose yesterday. Yep. Um, so they're jumping on the fastballs early in the count. They have to mix it up. They have to make adjustments, too. But the market always adjusts itself in baseball. This is what's so awesome. Yeah, and everybody thought that the Dodgers were going to win 200 games and they only play 162 and it doesn't happen unfortunately for the Dodgers what they're doing is losing at the wrong time that is unfortunate because the playoffs are right around the corner folks and you don't want to go in there stinking to join up because you can't you your, can't your go confidence in will be shook yeah and 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 this in this sport maybe more than anything except the individual sport the confidence is what it's about because the magic happens with the confidence in baseball yes. and this is what I don't like about the Astros I have to say, I'm really, I, I don't. You hate the Astros, dude. No, I don't. I actually like up. the Astros. But who else I like are the New York Yankees, and they're actually playing good baseball right now. Your boy Aaron Judge woke up again, huh? Hit a couple of bombs. <laughs> Aaron Judge woke up. The pitchers are doing what they're supposed to do. There's a, you know, as far as keeping them in the game. But I think a key thing was is that the Yankees got their players back, man. Getting a guy like Matt Holliday, despite whatever his numbers may say, it does a lot to solidify the lineup when you get him back. Yeah. You get Starlin Castro back, who's actually a hitter. Starlin Castro is a hitter. He's a Didi Gregorius. Didi. Oh no, no, Didi swings it. Forget about it. But he's he was hurt less than the rest of the guys. But you get those guys to compliment them and you get pitches for a guy like Aaron Judge who needs that help. Then you mix in a Greg Bird. Then you got a veteran Yankee in Brett Gardner. Looked like Jacoby Ellsbury remembered what it was like to win and he started playing good baseball. They said, you know, I tell you, Araldis Chapman actually closed the game yesterday. Yeah, and I don't think the Yankees are going to be able to do anything. I think that um, Cleveland is on fire. And, and, and guess Boston. what? They're hot at the right time, yeah, and, and I don't see anybody beating them. Boston I don't see the Dodgers beating them. I don't see anybody beating Cleveland. They have some, they got they pitching. Have a, they, I was going to say they have a serious rotation. Their bullpen is playing game. They need Andrew Miller back. They do need Andrew Miller back, but they, but they can slug it out with you too. That's what they're showing you. They got sticks. I'm going to have to see them. I have to see them beat some of these teams like Boston this year because Boston's got these young kids that are playing well. And, you know, they brought up Devers. Nobody – I mean, that Boston offense last year was one of the best offenses I've ever seen ever. And Cleveland went and shut them down. They didn't have Chris Sale. No, they did not have Chris Sale. And Chris Sale is an X factor. He's not David Price. David Price – I agree. – is suspect. Chris Sale is not suspect. Well, they're not going to have to play in the first round, so that means you'll get to see Chris Sale twice. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting because Chris Sale has never pitched in October. So we don't know which Chris Sale is going to show up. Now, Maybe if the Chris might... Sale that shows up is the Chris Sale that strikes out 300 guys a year, and he's a skinny dude, and I always feel like the skinny pitchers are very suspect when it comes to the stamina down the road. I like my pitchers to be thick and juicy. 
like my steak, <laughs> like Texas Rex Tillerson, this is Angus Texas beef. Rex. <laughs> Give me a T-bone. Give me a T-bone, and I want it to resemble Pyongyang's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to have Kim Jong-ul in a cut of beef. Is that possible for us to do down in Texas, or is it not possible? This is Texas Rex Tillerson. <laughs> Out. Thanks, Rex. We'll see you later. No problem, boy. <laughs> so I, I think that, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. And I tell you, don't sleep on the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are real. The Cardinals are a problem, and the Cubs are wobbly. Wow, they're on wobbly legs. The Cubs look like they were in that on that card last night. Because <laughs> they're Gaz, on that undercard. Because Gas got put on the mat last night, Jack. Gas <laughs> got put on the mat, and the Cubs look like they're ready to go themselves. Milwaukee is giving them the business. Yeah. And Milwaukee is suspect. Milwaukee's a terrible team. Milwaukee's the fakest first place team that you'll you'll ever see. <laughs> right, and I think the Cubs are in first place. Milwaukee's in say right on their tail. Yeah, I think the Cardinals and Milwaukee were tied. Cardinals are both of those teams are three games out now. Man, and I would have to go with the Cardinals because the Cardinals play fundamental baseball. Yeah, always. Yes, always. Except That's how their the, organization is. It is, but the problem is, is they don't have a bullpen, man, and their starters are even suspect. I don't understand why the Cardinals traded Mike Leake. Because he wasn't getting it done. He was freaky link. He, he wasn't getting it done. <laughs> Tanisha, the least. Do you want it over here? Ronnie. Do you want it over there? Freaky link. <laughs> Tremont, <laughs> Janie, and Lonnie. <laughs> Anybody else out there ever go to the Prince concert? I went to a Prince concert in San Jose when I was in school. And actually, it wasn't, it wasn't even when I was in school. Yeah, yeah, it was. So when I was in school, and... Uh, Prince played Freak League instrumental, and it was the hardest thing you've ever heard in your life. And he played it. He played it on the guitar. Then he went and picked up the keyboard, and he was busting a groove. Macy O. Parker was on stage with him. R.I.P. to the greatest. Yeah. Prince Rogers Nelson. Man. Still go listen to that in the car. But, yeah, so. Uh, what do you think is wrong with you, Darvish? You know what? I his somebody I heard that Rick Honeycutt changed his mechanics. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm you, didn't, you heard that. <laughs> what is the problem with everybody wants to change you Darvish's whatever? When you Darvish first came to Texas, they paid that crazy posting fee to get him. And Nolan Ryan, I don't think it was Nolan Ryan. I think it was one of it was Nolan it Ryan was, to change nothing. I think it was I think it was Mike Maddox. One of the, whoever the whoever the pitching coach was there, you Darvish came over and was dominating. And they changed his mechanics for precautionary purposes, they said. They said that with his mechanics, he was going to be bound to get hurt. He started stinking up the joint. Now, he's come to the Dodgers. He had one good start, and it looks like Rick Honeycutt said, ah, I see the problem. I need to fix this. <laughs> he, he struck out 12 over six innings. We need to get in there. Texas Rex, <laughs> you around? <laughs> yeah, let's get this boy together. And next thing you know... You Darvish can't get anybody out. He can't throw out the trash. I mean, literally, he's giving up five runs in three innings every time, uh, and he's he's still getting the strikeouts. It's just that he's not. Yeah, a, he's, he still punch you out. He's not an effective pitcher, and the Dodgers have given away. You know, one of my favorite minor leaguers. Oh, give his name up. Say his name on. Oh, say his yeah. name for the people. Say his name. Willie Calhoun gave up. Oh, Willie. Oh, WC. <laughs> the West Side Connect Gang. Connect Gang. Bing, Bing, Bang. And uh, yeah, it's true. Man. Can't give up Willie Calhoun. Gave him up already. <laughs> got to pay. Got to pay. You Darvish, he's, I tell you what, somebody better do something because if this team doesn't get out of the first round. Some serious heads got to roll. Heads got to roll. It, the Dodgers Whose heads got to roll first? I Kershaw. Can't. <laughs> Please, don't be silly. What are you, silly? Are you crazy? 
Clayton Kershaw is definitely going to win you a wild card game at the very least. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that are going to go. I think Puig is going if they don't get anywhere. I think the only people that, that stay, I think Jock Peterson's head rolls immediately. I Corey think, Seager I, and, I think, and Clayton Kershaw and Bellinger. And, and Bellinger. That's who I think. Those are the only three guys that you'll see again. I mean, you, you're you going to tell me they're not going to keep Chase Udley or Logan Forsythe? I think they'll – oh, my goodness. They'll keep uh, – they, hopefully they keep JT. And I tell you what, who's not the problem is that kid Chris Taylor. Jeez Louise, that kid is plays yeah, the game the right way. You great utility work. <laughs> great utility work. But their, their superstar all-star rotation is not what they thought it was. It's not right now. I know they better start throwing some more balls because if they're jumping on the strike, something needs to change. Yeah. Here's the thing. Rich Hill is giving you the Rich Hill at this point. Yes. Rich Hill is just doing what Rich Hill does, which yeah, is you why can... you don't give Rich Hill – 49 over 16. You yeah. don't give him Ricky Henderson. Yeah. He is not the MVP type player. It's big time money. Even though if you catch Rich Hill on the wrong day, he will know he'll hit carve you. you up. He'll carve you up. But on the long haul and in the big game, Rich Hill ain't the guy you seek for wise I counsel. I got a fool with Rue. Hunjin. And then they take the one guy out of the rotation <laughs> who I think, other than Clayton Kershaw, is the most reliable there. Yes. Which is Hunjin Ryu. And Hunjin's only had, I think, maybe one. Two. One bad start. Yeah, maybe bat, two. Maybe two at the moment. He keeps you in the game. He, he gives up three does, over yeah, six. Yeah, he doesn't really give up more than three runs usually. Over six. And with that Dodgers bullpen, if you can't win the game with three over six, hey, man, that's on and you. And now they're skipping, skipping his turn. And the, the, the bullpen's been suspect, though. Bullpen's I've, been I've suspect. Pedro Baez give up the booty several times. Pedro Baez shouldn't be in the bullpen. He's not up to code with Tony Singwani, Tony Watson, and Kenley Jansen. Yeah. They need somebody else And Brandon there. Morrow. And Brandon Morrow. I don't need Pedro Baez to get any burn. Pedro Baez, if you remember, is the one who they took Clayton Kershaw out for, and he gave up that big knock up the middle to Captain America to David yeah. Wright, Yeah, which was uh, just unacceptable. Yeah. Ah, well, folks, we're running long here today. We're going to get back at you quick because there's some NBA news that we wanted to cover. You got that big trade with Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas. And uh, icons have a very interesting take on that. Give the people the, your take on it real quick, especially with what was then discovered after the MRI, yada, 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 yada. Well, they basically felt like he was, you know, finished. I felt like the Milwaukee Bucks came in behind that deal and said that they would give up Brogdon and Chris Middleton. I got to take that. I would have to renege on that deal and get that, that future because if you go into Cleveland and once LeBron leaves and comes back with those two pieces, those two pieces are crucial with Brogdon and Chris Middleton, you can build a team. But what you brought in now is Derrick Rose for a year and uh, hurt Isaiah Thomas. I, it's suspect. Well, you still got the greatest player on the planet, yeah, which is a good sign. And they're playing for right now. And I think what they're trying to do is to persuade him to say, hey, look, we get this championship. Come on. Come on, Bron. I don't think LeBron has any reason to not come to the La-La. I uh, hope he comes to the Clippers, though, not the Lakers, the Clippers. I think that judging by his history, if I had to guess, I would say that he would go to the Lakers. But we'll see what, what happens with the Lakers and Lonzo Ball, the hip-hop star. Yeah. Did you, I, did I you didn't hear his jam? I didn't hear his jam. Oh, man. There's another great podcast from Michael Rappaport where he eviscerated Lonzo Ball because Lonzo Ball decided to open his trap, say that Nas wasn't real hip-hop. I don't know where he came up with that, but that's the, the logic of the millennials, I guess. I don't know what happened. but uh, You know those kids are lost. Man, come on, man. And then they then he put out his own jam. Which and how was, did it sound? It wasn't why up, he ain't? It wasn't up to code. It wasn't. It was not Nas. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so says you. It was not ether. I can tell you that much. You don't know Nas. I, all right. <laughs> How can Nas be garbage? That's all I want to know. How can Nas be garbage? 
It's all about the big baller brand. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, wonderful, spirited edition of the Ozone. Really want to apologize for everybody who's been looking for us and, uh, you know, hasn't been able to find us. But we've been on the road. We've been working hard, created a little television. And now we're back. And you can count on us consistently to be your alternate voice for sports. And dropping knowledge. And dropping knowledge. Speaking of which, we're going to leave you with a wisdom quote from the great Langston Hughes. It is hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Keep your head up, folks. Praying for everybody just suffering from a natural disaster right now down in Florida and Houston. Fires going on in California. Massive earthquakes in Mexico City. It's a lot going on out there. Keep your head up. You can count on us for a laugh and an alternate perspective. I am your host, Omar Miller. This is the Ozone, and we are out. Ozone. I was born to fly. Ay, I was born to shine. Ay, I was born to grind. Had to switch up. Now everybody got their lights off. From Soho to SoCo, I do this thing total. So dears, you can find me in the Ozone. Chilling with my crew, working till the day that our dreams free You might find LeBron bumping this up in the kids. Yeah. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. Why you looking at me? Talk about that school preacher, your boy James Harden. Put the cameras on. I didn't see it. You did. Yeah. Beast mode.